Welcome to the Marriage on Fire podcast, the show for couples that shares research-based relationship insights, advice, and strategies for creating and sustaining a happy and fulfilling marriage, where we look at the stuff that truly makes the relationship and how to live a good life. And here's your host, husband and dad and relationship coach, Gideon Hanacom, creator of the popular New Zealand-based blog, TheRelationshipGuy.com. What's up, everybody? This is Gideon, and welcome back to episode number three here on Marriage on Fire. So today we're going to talk about a topic that is very near and dear to my heart, namely ways to be a better spouse. Now, in this particular episode, I want to give you six specific ways to be a better spouse. And uh, ultimately, I hope, or my hope with this is to give you some food for thought so that you can challenge yourself uh, to step up in bigger and better ways to ultimately become a better spouse, a better partner for your partner. So the question right out of the gate is, of course, well, why would you want to be a better spouse? A lot of people kind of need a reason to do something before they actually commit to doing it. So why do you need to be a better spouse? I think there are two reasons that are important for you to consider. The first one is is that ultimately how you and I choose to show up every day in our marriages, and yes, we do choose to show up in a certain way because most of our behaviors, our attitudes, and our thought processes are a choice. So how you and I choose to show up every day impacts two things. The first thing that it impacts is the climate, the overall climate or temperature of your relationship, of your marriage. So if you choose to show up in a certain way, it'll impact your marriage in a certain way. If you choose to show up in a different way, you know, it'll impact your relationship accordingly. So So the first thing that the way you show up impacts is the climate, how it actually feels to be married to you. You play a role in that. The second thing that it actually impacts is your partner, him or herself. So how you choose to show up, the attitude, the thinking, the words, communication, body language, all those things that you choose to show up with has an impact on your partner. It actually impacts how he or she feels, which ultimately also impacts how they will reciprocate, what they will do in response. So right out of the gate, every single day, when we show up in our marriages, we actually have a choice. We have a, a role to play in terms of you know the type of climate we set and also the emotions and the behaviors and all those things that we actually trigger within our partners. Now, of course, we're not 100% responsible for that, but we do play a role. Our actions, our thinking, our you know body language, our whatever we bring into the relationship has an impact. So the question is, well, how can you then show up in a better way? If if how I'm showing up impacts the climate and my partner, then how can I show up in a better way? I want to argue for one specific thing to think about today. Just one thing. I want to just get you to understand that ultimately there is one way that you can show up in a better way. And if you understand this and you start doing this, it'll make all the difference in the world. When you choose and un- or understand and choose to only start controlling what you actually control, which by the way is only yourself, and you release everything that you don't control, like for example, your boss, the nature of your business, your spouse, your partner, you know, the kids, you know, whether it's raining or not, you know, all those type of things. When you choose to control what you only control, which is yourself, and release everything that you don't, you're actually setting yourself up for much more success and happiness than frustration and unhappiness. I want to give you a quote from a, a very sort of old Stoic philosopher called Epictetus. I, I, I love his writings because he's very 
I think, very black and white on this, and he's very clear on this. And this is what he writes or what he wrote, you know, centuries ago on this you know, specific idea when he said the chief task in life is simply this, to identify and separate separate matters so that I can say clearly to myself which are externals, not under my control, and which have to do with the choices I actually control. Where then do I look for good and evil, not to uncontrollable externals, but within myself to the choices that are my own? Epictetus was very, very big on this idea. It was kind of, you know, uh, almost like an epitome of, you know, or he kind of represented the core Stoic philosophy that ultimately happiness and unhappiness comes down to our ability to differentiate between the things that we actually do control, the things that we can change and the things that we can influence versus the things that we have no control over. When people control the things and focus on the things that they actually control, they're setting themselves up for far more happiness than when when you're doing life where you're focusing on everything that you don't control. When you do that, when you hold on to the things that you don't control, you focus on that, that's when you set, you know, set yourself up for a lot of despair, disappointment, anxiety, and all the stuff that come from that. Now, in the context of a relationship, the first thing that you can do to start showing up in a better way is understand that there's certain things that you control and certain things you don't control. You don't control your partner. You don't control the weather or your kids. You don't control your boss. You don't control your environment. What you control is how you choose to show up in that environment, how you choose to show up for your partner or for your kids or when they're, you know, whether it's raining or not. That's what you do control. And within that, you have certain choices to make. Within that, you can show up in a more positive or more negative and a helpful, unhelpful, in a good or bad way. And all of that will have ripples or a ripple effect into everything else in your life. So that's the first core principle I would challenge you with right away is how are you choosing to show up and what type of ripples are that actually causing within the climate uh, and within your partner, you know, within your marriage. So as a spouse, you only control you. You don't control your partner. You've got to let that go. And I'm really, you know, emphasizing this point because I work with a lot of couples that are unhappy, they're just unfulfilled, they have a lot of conflict going on. And one of the mistakes I see many of these couple makers is that they want to control their partners, they want to get their partners to somehow be better or somehow do something differently or somehow show up in a, in a different way. The problem is, is that no amount of focusing on your partner will change anything. The only thing, the only person that you control is yourself, what you bring into the situation, as well as how you respond to the situation. This is a principle that so many people overlook, and it's causing them a lot of pain, a lot of heartache, and a lot of despairing and anxiety. You have to understand, you do you, you control you, and nothing else. So, aim to be the best version of yourself. Because that's all you can do, really do, to influence, one, your marriage, and second, your partner. You don't control them. You don't control your circumstances. You don't control, you know, many things, really. What you only control is whether you're choosing to show up as the best version of yourself, the highest version version of yourself. That's what you can, you know, you can control. And ultimately, that will hopefully have an influence on your marriage as well as your partner. So with that sort of core idea and principle out of the way, I want to give you six specific ways that you can be a better spouse. 
ways that you can be a better version of yourself that will hopefully influence your marriage and your partner in a positive or more helpful and healthy way. So let's look at the the, the next six ways to be a better spouse. So number one is to control yourself or as I like to put it, to lead from the front. What I mean by this specific idea is, is that you need to get into the habit of actually putting yourself in their shoes, meaning your partner's shoes, and asking yourself this very old question of how would you want to be treated? If you if you really think of the ways that you want to be treated in a relationship, you know, by a loved one, what are the ways that you want to be treated, uh, you know, by how do you want to be treated? And then ultimately put yourself in that same spot or in those same, same shoes and actually start treating your partner in that way. Look, nothing is going to change in your relationship. And I'm telling you this because I've experienced this and I see this all the time working with couples is nothing is going to change in your environment, in your marriage, unless you learn to control yourself and everything that, of course, entails. I'm not going to go into you know all the ways that you need to control yourself. But the point is with this first way or this first step, this first tip that you can take to be a better spouse or be a better version of yourself is to actually start controlling yourself, to start leading from the front. Take the first step. Do not wait for your partner to come to the party first because I see this happen all the time where partners are waiting for each other to kind of come to the party and start making some changes. And it's only when their partner actually steps up that the other one is willing to step up as well. Somebody's going to take that first step, unfortunately. So it might as well be you. If you're serious about being happy and having a happy relationship and marriage, take the first step. There's no shame in that. There is no shame in wanting to be happy. There is no shame in wanting to have a better climate and, you know, be loved and be, you know, adored and be special and feel uh, important to your partner. There is no shame in that. So you might as well take control of the situation, take control of yourself and start leading from the front. Of course, that is not a certain, you know, uh, sort of a, uh, you know, a certainty that your partner will reciprocate that, but at least you're doing something. You are setting the tone of what it is that you want versus waiting for your partner to somehow read your mind or somehow get motivated to start doing what he or, ne- he or she needs to do. So control yourself. Ask yourself, how can I be better? What am I bringing into this relationship that's causing part of the issues we're having? What am I neglecting to do that are perhaps keeping us from experiencing a better quality of relationship? Start controlling yourself. Start leading from the front. That's the that's the the first thing that I would encourage you to really start thinking about and start to go and you know start to go um, to work on. The second tip to be a better spouse is what is what I call to be more mindful. Uh, mindfulness is this idea of empathy. It's this idea of, you know, truly, truly wanting to understand your partner to do, you know, to truly and genuinely wanting to appreciate their world and their perspective. Uh, mindfulness has been shown in certain studies that couples who have high levels of mindfulness also have high levels of happiness within their relationship. And I think it has to do with this idea that when I'm mindful of my partner, I'm empathetic, meaning that I'm always putting myself in my partner's and my wife's shoes or my husband's shoes, always trying to think how, you know, how my actions and my behaviors and, you know, whatever, uh, you know, might be impacting them. I'm also always considering, you know, their kind of 
place in my decisions, ultimately that will lead to more happiness in a marriage because you feel more important, you feel more counted as, you feel more part of something. So a simple question I would challenge you to consider, you know, as part of the step number two to be more mindful is ask yourself these two questions. How do I impact my wife? How do I impact my husband? But more specifically, how do I impact, meaning what do I contribute to my partner or to my husband? Also, how do I steal from my partner, you know, or my husband or my wife? So what do I contribute to him or who? Am I making it easy for him or who to be happy? Am I making it easy for him or who to be, you know, feel loved? You know, or what am I stealing from my spouse? Am I actually robbing them or stealing happiness from them? Am I actually robbing them of intimacy? What am I actually taking away from them because at the end of the day you're only two people in that marriage and so you're kind of you know that's it so you're you're either giving or you're taking or you're not doing anything at all so be more mindful of what your partner wants and ask yourself what are you actually doing towards giving that or what are you doing you know or not doing that actually robs them from experiencing you know what they want to experience the needs they might have so be more mindful is is another important thing that you need to consider if you want to be a better version, you know, within your marriage. The third way to be a better spouse is to accept your spouse as they are. So accept your spouse just the way he or she is. Now, we also know from relationship research that in, you know, in the sort of the experts talk about this idea of having a positive sentiment or a different a different word is this idea of having an implicit positive bias about your partner. What that essentially means is that the way I see my partner, the blueprint I have of my partner, of my spouse, plays a huge role in terms of how happy we will end up being. So I'll give you a, a specific example. So somebody, a couple who has, let's call a positive sentiment or an implicit positive bias about their partner, they will, when their partner does something good, they will go, what of course they do, you know, it's just typical like them. But when their partner or their spouse is having a bad day, they will unconsciously and almost actively um, make an excuse for their partner's bad, you know, day or, you know, being slightly off their usual. And they'll go, well, my partner's just having a bad day. Conversely, however, we look at, when we look at unhappy couples, they, they show an opposite trend. They have what is called a negative or implicit negative bias or a negative sentiment. So when their partner, in the context of that relationship, when a partner does something good, the other partner would go, what does he want? What does she want? You know, what, what the, what's the agenda? What's the catch? And when they do something bad or they mess up or they, you know, stumble or whatever, then the other partner goes, well, of course they do. You know, it's just typical. Uh, he's like his dad, you know, or that's just, that's a typical, you know, that's what their family's like or whatever it is. That implicit let's call it blueprint that you have of your partner, plays a huge role in terms of their overall, you know, in a sense, emotional state and, uh, you know, happiness levels within your relationship. But when you learn to accept your spouse as they are, you can actually let go of unreasonable expectations you have of your partner, which will hopefully help you create or have a more positive, more helpful and beneficial blueprint of your partner. So you've got to understand yet, even though your spouse might be perfect for you or you believe he or she is perfect for you, 
people make mistakes, right? So all people make mistakes. Even if you believe right now that maybe there is somebody better out there, maybe maybe you just made the wrong choice, you know, in terms of partner, which I hope is not the case, you've got to understand that even if you sort of, you know, got involved with someone else, that person will make a mis- you know, will make mistakes as well. People make mistakes. We're fallible. Everyone has their faults. But the f- the big difference between happy and unhappy couples is that in healthy marriages, people or couples tend to accept and they tend to forgive and they tend to let go of certain things a lot quicker than when we compare that with couples who are in unhappy relationships or marriages. Because ultimately, happy couples end up creating a safe environment, uh, you know, a place of safety where they know it's okay to mess up, it's okay to make mistakes because I'm still loved unconditionally, I'm still accepted for who I am versus those who are in unhappy relationships where they know that they've got to walk on eggshells because every time they slip up, they're either reminded of just how bad they are, they're being criticized, they're being ridiculed, um, you know, it leads to conflict or whatever the case is. There is always a difference that makes a difference. And in happy relationships, spouses accept each other as they are. That doesn't mean that we are okay with all behavior. Happy couples still address bad behavior. They, st- if, if, if it is a problem with laundry being left on the floor, then that behavior is addressed. That behavior, you know, it gets talked about. If one partner spends more money than the bu- the budget allows, in happy relationships, those couples will talk about it. It's not like they shy away from the difficult conversations. But again, how they do it is vastly different. And they do it in a context of acceptance and unconditional love and respect. When you compare that with unhappy relationships or unhappy couples, they have a completely different strategy or recipe going on, which leads to the certain results that they get. So if you want to be a better version of yourself, a better, a better version of your current self, you want to be a better spouse, Ask yourself, how much am I accepting or acceptant of my wife, of my spouse, of my husband, and does that come across? Am I actually celebrating and enjoying my partner's uniqueness? Is there enough space in our marriage where he or she can be themselves without them having to worry that somehow this will lead to issues or somehow they're inferior to myself? Because that's something that we commonly see with a lot of unhappy relationships, where it's almost there's only enough room and space for one person's individuality and the other person kind of just needs to, you know, just you know, slip in there and kind of just, you know, try and, you know, just take what they can get, but uh, it's not nearly enough for them to be happy. So accept who your partner are. Number four, be willing to compromise. This is a huge one. Look, in marriage, it is important to pick your battles wisely. There's a cool saying that I read on Facebook not too long ago that said, you don't have to accept every invitation to every argument you get. The reality is, if we look at research again by John Gottman, you know, he shows that 69% of all marital conflict never gets resolved. I want to repeat that because that is super important. When you compare happy and unhappy relationships or marriages, it's not that happy couples have less things to have conflict over, right? 69% of all marital conflict never gets resolved because people are unique. They're individuals. We see, we don't always see eye to eye. We see the world in a different way. We don't always, we can't always, you know, uh, agree on everything. But the 
difference again between happy couples and unhappy couples is that happy couples, they choose their battles wisely. They don't turn every small thing into a reason to have a blowout, you know, over. They sometimes just let certain things go quickly and efficiently and they let it stay in the past. They don't pick it up again, you know, after a while. Whereas Unhappy couples tend to not do that. So if you want to have a better climate and you want to be a better sort of spouse within you know, your relationship that will contribute to that better climate within your marriage, you have to learn to become willing to give up your way or your ideas around certain small things. You've, you've got to give up how you sometimes, you know, what you make of small things. And when you start doing that, your partner or your spouse will probably start picking up on that and also start reciprocating. Do not turn every mole's hole into a mountain because most things are small issues. Or as the good old saying goes, don't sweat the small things because it's all small things. You know, so number four is be willing to compromise. Be willing to be okay with giving some and taking some. Be willing to meet halfway or go for a third option. If neither options that you or your partner represent are working, go for a third option. You've got to be willing to compromise. Number five is, and I think this speaks for itself, but if you want to be a better spouse, choose to be a good or a better teammate. So the emphasis, of course, with this particular tip is is the word team. Understand that a marriage is a team. In marriage, no one partner is more important than the other. That doesn't work. In marriages where they try and use that as a strategy, those relationships struggle, right? So be a good teammate. The idea is to play in and as the same team, not against each other. I meet so many unhappy couples, right, that, that there's so much conflict and turmoil and unhappiness in their situation. And when you listen to them, it's like these people aren't just not, not on the same team. They're actually in opposition teams playing against each other. It's like somehow they feel that they're, you know, some, somewhere along the line, they kind of set themselves up in a way where they're, you know, now competitors for some, you know, some prize. They're kind of fighting against each other. They, they're playing against each other. But then what's interesting is when you ask them about the days when they were happy, almost all of them will tell you there were a time where it felt like it was us against the world. It was just us two against the world. You know, we played on the same team. We knew that my partner had my back. Didn't matter, you know, didn't matter what happened, my partner had my back. But over time, that actually changed. And people now find themselves in these unhappy relationships where they find themselves on opposition teams, you know, or opposing teams. And and it's and it's hooting their relationship. If you want to be a better spouse, ask yourself, how can I be a better teammate? How can I be a good teammate? Now, maybe some of you are asking, well, are there actually specific things that we can do to be a better teammate? I want to give you two. I want to give one to the the husbands and I want to give one to the wives. So husbands, guys, one way that you can be a better team player is actually to help or start help supporting your wife with the chores around your home. Now, it doesn't matter what you feel about this. We live in a world today where husbands and wives both work. We don't live in yesterday or yesterday 
best a year where people, you know, where the husband or the wife stayed at home and the and the the husband went to work and kind of everyone had their very clearly defined roles. Today it's a little bit more messy. It's a little bit more integrated. You know, we're kind of everyone's doing everything. So uh, even though that's the case, however, is that we look at research and it shows us that women, even though that's the case, where women also work full time. Women still do about five times as much when it comes to the home to home life. And so ultimately, as guys, we need to, if you want to be a better team player, ask yourself, have this conversation with your spouse of how you can actually help out with some of the chores around home more consistently, more regularly. Come up with a better plan because, again, no one is more important than the other when it comes to the team of marriage. Wives, I want to give you one too. How can you be a better team player? Well, we look at research again, and what's interesting is that we know that of most conflicts that are, you know, that start in relationships, women are the catalysts. Women start most conflicts within marriage. And it has to do with, you know, criticism. Men respond to criticism much more severely than women perhaps do. Um, and criticism really shames us on a very, very deep level. And anything that might feel like we're unappreciated, we're not accepted for who we are, we're being criticized, we're being shamed. And again, it can be in very subtle ways. Even just the rolling of eyes, you know, can set something off within us. The point is whenever, you know, you shame us, whenever something, you know, we're not, we feel we're not accepted, we're not appreciated, it. Uh, somehow that then leads to a, a sort of an a range of of various issues within ourselves that kind of set you up as not as great a teammate for us. We feel that you don't have our backs. We feel that you're you're not on our side. We actually feel that we're not good enough to play in your team. So if you want to be a better teammate as a wife, you know, really, really pay attention to your tone of criticism. And again, it can be in the most subtle of ways. If you want to have a whole list of ways of how women tend to do this, just reach out to me and I can give you the list. But there are many ways that women typically undermine a guy and I'm not talking here about you know the husband's the head of the the family or any of that type of stuff but there are ways where you kind of just undermine our let's call it esteem or our significance that makes us feel criticized and then set yourself up as an opposition you know you're you're you're, you're the opposition that we have to now prove to or play against in order to you know get our way or to get a better result so wives watch your you know tones of criticism uh, if you want to be a better team player. At the end of the day, guys, it's about being supportive and it's about being like a good captain. If you watch good captains, they always kind of make excuses for their partners or for their team, you know, mates whenever they've sort of haven't, you know, didn't have a good game or anything. A good captain always makes an excuse. A good captain always picks up the slack, you know, whenever a player kind of falls short on the day. But at the end of the day, a good captain always keeps in mind that we're playing for the same team. Number six, the last one. Um, oh, there's actually two more. But number six is show them that you care. If you want to sort of step up as a better spouse, show your partner that you care. Show your spouse that you care. A lot of times when a couple has been together for a long time, the unfortunate reality is is that we settle into a routine, uh, you know, into a rut, and we start to forget to do the little things. We start to neglect all the things that used to work at the start. We stop doing those things. But the point is, each person, you know, in the relationship, then after a time starts assuming what the other person knows or what the other person feels. And we're kind of, because especially when you've been together a long time, you think you know your partner, you think you know your spouse and what they want and what they think and all those things. 
And so we just assume that. But I want to give you a different challenge. Rather than do that, instead, treat your spouse like you did when you first got together. Now, I know this is a bit of a a big challenge, but think about it. I love what Tony Robbins, the life coach Tony Robbins, always teaches. You know, that if we did what we did at the start of a relationship, there won't be an end to the relationship. So start treating your spouse like you did when you first got together and you might actually just be shocked at what you at what you get back and how your partner responds and reciprocates. So show your appreciation and your love for your spouse in small ways every day consistently. I've hammered this idea of consistency so many times. I've been consistent in it, you see. Remember that the small things are big things and big things are small things in the world of love. You've got to become consistent with the small things that actually matter rather than showing up with big things or in a big way every now and again. Consistency is king. So show your partner, your spouse that you care consistently every day. Last one, guys, before we bring this episode to a close, last way that you can be a better spouse, and that is the idea that common courtesy is still king. Yes, guys, the simple thank you and please are still in fashion. Simply treating your spouse with respect, using words like please, no thank you, yes thank you, or just simply thank you still go a very long way. When's the last time that you've actually just thanked your wife, you know, for the meal she made? When's the last time that you actually just said thank you for your husband, you know, putting in the long hours? Just sincerely thank you, really thanking them. So courtesy, you know, common courtesy is still king. It's still in fashion. Yet the longer we are together, the more that kind of goes out of fashion because we kind of, again, assume our partners, spouses know that we're appreciative. That that might be true, but it still goes a long way to actually just express it and say it. So treat your spouse again how you wish to be treated. Have and show respect. Respect still goes a long way. When your partner, your spouse feel respected, especially through the means of common courtesy, when they feel respected, I promise you it'll serve your relationship for years to come. So last thoughts as we bring this to a close, control yourself, commit to a higher version of yourself, and that means raise your inner standards and the expectations you have of yourself and what you demand of yourself, and live with, especially as the Stoics always said, live with virtue, you know, there's still place for wisdom and self-control and all these things. And I'll close with this particular saying from Mahatma Gandhi, and I love this one. I think it's very, uh, you know, relevant in this situation as we bring this episode to a close. Ultimately, if you want to be a better spouse, if you want to have a better relationship, a better marriage, ask yourself, you know, how am I showing up as? And then as Mahatma Gandhi said, if you, you know, you've, if you want to see change in the world, be the change you want to see in the world. If you want, you know, have change in your marriage, then you be the change you want to see in your marriage. Again, don't wait for your partner to show up. You show up and uh, do it in a much better and in a much more you know, higher level than what you're used to. Guys, I hope that served you. I hope it gave you lots of food for thought. Go and live and love fully. Until next time, we will talk soon again. See ya. Thanks for listening to another episode of Marriage on Fire. If you found today's show helpful, please make sure to follow and share it with someone you think needs to hear this. Also, take a moment and head over to therelationshipguy.com to connect with Gideon directly. Again, thanks for listening. And make sure to tune in soon for our next episode of Marriage on Fire.